0: Good evening. This is Ryan Underwood in the studio with Africa Christian Action on Salt and Light with Radio Tigerberg. Tonight in the studio we have the Reverend Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome, Dr. Hammond.
1: It's great to have you here, Ryan. Thanks for coming all the way from Georgia here to Cape Town to be part of the Biblical Worldview Summit and the Great Commission Course.
0: It's a pleasure to be here in the Deep South.
1: We are definitely pretty far south. Any further south, you're going to meet the penguins in Antarctica.
0: Yes, sir. So tonight we are going to discuss a new film that has also come over from the United States, Life Mark, produced by the Kendrick Brothers. Dr. Hammond, can you tell us a bit about this film?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, we very much like Kirk Cameron, who's a friend. I've met him and uh, he, of course, is famous for a whole lot of things, including Growing Pains and the Left Behind series. But uh, Kirk Cameron also uh, was very heavily involved in Way the Master and helping with the... Uh, producing of the whole Way of the Master, basic training course and evangelism, absolutely outstanding. So uh, Kirk Cameron and the Kendrick Brothers uh, have co-operated to produce this film. It's the first time they're coming together since uh, the Fireproof film. Now, Fireproof is one of my favorite Kendrick Brothers films. came out in 2009 because it deals with the fire brigade and all that. But um, the Kendrick Brothers, they've produced films such as Flywheel, Facing the Giants, uh, Fireproof, Fireproof, of course, uh, then War Room, Overcomer. So they've done a lot of phenomenal films. And so this latest film is Life Mark. Uh, and it's it's a true story. So this is the first film that I know of that the Kendricks brothers are producing that's actually based on, in fact, very rooted in this true life story. And it celebrates life. And uh, it's it's a faith-based drama about a young man who's always trying to hide the fact that he's adopted. He feels a bit awkward about that. But when his birth mother reaches out to him, he must decide if he'll let her into his life. Life marks well made. I mean, it's heartwarming. It's it's an inspiring film with a very strong Christian worldview. It, it promotes reliance on God. You can see these people really trust in God and they're believing His plan. they seeking Lord for His forgiveness and His grace to be able to love others. It really is a beautiful pro-life message about adoption and the value of life. I don't know another film that's focus so much on adoption in such a positive way. This this is definitely needed. And the movie's solid throughout. It's got a very positive Christian worldview. It promotes relying on God, believing God's plan, forgiving and loving others. And it's a very beautiful, powerful pro-life message, not only about adoption, but giving life and and the value of life. So um, I highly recommend it. I must say it's refreshing to get some pro-life film out there, which of course we wouldn't get from Hollywood.
0: Can you tell us, uh, something about the plot of the film.
1: Right, so uh, David is a senior in high school and he's about to turn 18 and he has an important speech coming up about something that's impacted his life and uh, he's been encouraged to actually uh, talk about his adoption. As teacher says you should talk about your adoption if you're willing to talk about it, but he's always kept secret that he's adopted and he that's not what he wants to deal with in this uh, important speech coming up. Well, David goes home to find out that his birth mother has reached out to him. Apparently, there was a restriction on her contacting him before he turned 18. Um, that was apparently part of the adoption agreement at that stage. So he's finds out she's interested in meeting him, and David wrestles with the idea of meeting with his birth mother, but his best friend thinks it's a good idea and thinks that they should actually document their meeting, videoing and so on. Um, and, and in fact, that video was made, and it's available too, and it's it's... Quite extraordinary. It led to this dramatic film. So uh, about David grappling with can he be open to his birth mother and and uh, what about the birth father? Uh, you know where does he fit into this and uh, his adoptive parents? This is this is quite a difficult drama if you think about. It, and yet it's so well produced. So if people want to learn about this, uh, the the Life Mark film uh, they've they've actually got a website, lifemarkmovie.com. So uh, one word, Life Mark movie.com if you want to go onto it and they've got the trailer and so on there. And then there's Movie Guide. Uh, movieguide.org is superb and Movieguide.org gives a Christian review of films. And so they've also, you could go onto the www.movieguide.org and read their reviews on LifeMark. Just slash, put in slash review slash LifeMark and uh, that should take you right to it. So um, I've seen a film just once. I think it's really good And uh, and we're planning to Introduced to people in Cape Town with a screening soon.
0: Fascinating, sir. It sounds like a film worthy of watching. It is.
1: So on the Reformation Society, this coming Thursday, the 26th of January, uh, it'll be screened. So if anyone's interested in coming to this pretty select um, uh, preview, space is limited. So uh, should you want to attend the screening uh, of this new Kendrick Brothers film, uh, Life Mark, uh, it'll be screened on uh, 7 p.m. Thursday, the 26th of January. Please RSVP. Uh, either uh, email to mission at frontline.org.za or phone 021-689-4480. So that's mission at frontline.org.za or phone 021-689-4480.
0: Thank you for that, Dr. Hammond. You mentioned that the film is centered on the pro-life cause. Could you tell us a bit about that cause and about how abortion was introduced to South Africa?
1: Yes, well, sadly, of course, in America, that's been a big battle, but we've seen great strides made in the last year to reverse the Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion back in the 70s. But in South Africa, our abortion was legalized 26 years ago. This February, the 1st of February, 2023 will mark the 26th anniversary of the legalization of abortion on demand in South Africa, which is quite tragic when you think that, 2 million babies have been killed in South Africa legally officially since the 1st of February 1997. And that's quite tragic to think that you know 2 million. That's just huge. That's the population of Namibia. That's the population of Botswana, whole country and uh, wiped out through abortion. Um all the potential snuffed out and who knows how many precious people or people who are Maybe going to gift the society with some inventions or cures and so on, and uh, but uh, through the selfishness or short-sightedness of men, are snuffed out. So, for this reason, um, uh, we in South Africa, who respect the sanctity of life, have been observing the last Sunday of January every year with the, as a sanctity life Sunday, as a day of prayer and repentance for the national sin of abortion. And uh, pastors throughout the country have been encouraged to preach on a sanctity of life and. Uh, to be able to mobilize their congregations to pray in every province um, to pray in national repentance for the national sin of abortion.
0: Yes, sir. Can you tell us about any events which are going on in Cape Town for the pro-life movement?
1: Yes, so there will be, of course, the screening of the film on Thursday, the 26th of, of January, and we hope that many people will be inspired to get the film, screen it in their church, home cell, women's group, youth group and so on, uh, because it is a, a family-friendly film. It's it's not in any way uh, negative. In fact, it get, gets a plus four in movie guide, which is, means no uh, no um, inappropriate content. It's a, it's a family-friendly film. Uh, but um, the big event, in many ways, is Mar- the March for Life. So on the 1st of February, that's the anniversary of the legalization of abortion, we'll have a March for Life. So for over 30 years, Africa Christian Action has been standing for faith and for freedom, and campaigning for life and liberty throughout South Africa. Proverbs 24, verse 10 to 12 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who've been drawn towards death. Hold back those stumbling towards the slaughter. If you say, Surely we do not know this, does not he who weighs the heart consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each person according to his deeds? So that's Proverbs 24, 10 to 12. And so every year, on the anniversary of this disastrous legislation, Africa Christian Action has organized the March for Life to Parliament, followed by a prayer vigil and repentance service outside the gates of Parliament. So our March for Life this year will be on Wednesday, the 1st of February. And the March for Life is in the form of a funeral procession in which we take a walk through the center of town to Parliament. The procession gathers at the Hanover Street or old Kaiser Street, uh, below the uh, the parking lot, basically below Cape, Peninsula University of Technology, often called Kaput, uh, near the wall painting with African woman on the wall. So, and we marched down Darling Street, past the castle, past City Hall, left into Adley Street, left into Spring Street, then right into Plain Street to assemble outside the gates of Parliament. So, the march starts about 12:30 p.m. on Wednesday, the first of February, and we encourage marchers wherever possible to dress in black for greater impact to accentuate the need for somber reflection and national repentance. Of course, we'd encourage people to bring their own water, or we'll, we'll have some replenishments outside the gates of Parliament, uh, but we still encourage people to march with their own water. It could be a very hot day. We'll provide placards, we'll provide crosses for people to carry, and uh, some might want to bring some of their own placards um, or flowers, that's fine, uh, but there will be more than enough posters uh, and uh, crosses um, at the ve- at the parking lot if you want. And one of the inspirations for us is the passage in Proverbs, Pro- Proverbs 1 verse 20 to 23 says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. And so uh, wisdom should not just be quietly discovered in the library, but it should be outside in the streets. It's a place for public proclamation of the word of God. And in this way, at something solemn, we dramatize the seriousness of this, just like Jeremiah and Ezekiel did some open protest in the streets of Jerusalem to communicate to people what's going on. And when they see the hearse leading and the people dressed in black carrying the small coffins and holding crosses and flowers and then banners and scriptures explaining um, uh, what this is all about and then people holding uh, placards that abortion kills babies and adoption loving option and uh, uh, um, adoption is always an option And uh, again, again, we've got many different messages and scriptures and there's a big trailer uh, banner at the end. So all of this, I think, communicates very effectively. And then outside the gates of Parliament, which is at the gates of Rowland and Plain Street, symbolic venue. uh, The Bible says that when innocent blood is shed, the elders of the city should gather at the gates of the city. Remember, the gates of the city is where... Often the judgments were made and the city fathers, the elders would make their decisions and even try court cases. So, going to the gates of the city is very symbolic. In our case, the gates of parliament is symbolic because that's where they actually legalized it, back 1st of February 1997. And to make a stand, because the scripture says um, in Ezekiel that that when innocent blood is shed, we should actually gather at the gates of the city, in, or in Numbers tells us we should gather at the gates of the city and dissociate ourselves. From the saying, when a murderer can't be brought to justice for whatever reason, uh, those who are against it should make clear this was not done uh, without approval. We do not approve it, and we certainly don't approve our government legalizing abortion with our taxpayers' money, mind you. Uh, and so, uh, it's important to dissociate with it because God's judgment comes upon people uh, who shed innocent blood. Uh, a curse comes on land, and so we have as our, our inspiration to Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven or forgive the sin and will heal the land. We want God to heal our land, but he won't heal our land unless we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Then he promises to hear from heaven, to forgive us and to heal our land. So 2 Chronicles 7.14 is a great inspiration for this March for Life and this prayer vigil outside the gates of Parliament, which will be on. Wednesday, the 1st
0: of February. Excellent, Dr. Hammond. We are called to be a voice for the voiceless, to stand for those who cannot stand for themselves. You mentioned the examples in history of innocent life being violated. Can you talk a bit more about that? Where in biblical history was innocent life violated?
1: Yes, well, you can just think instantly of uh, back in Exodus chapter 1 where Pharaoh actually orders that the babies be killed. Uh, and in order to snuff out the promised deliverer, um, Moses, in this case, um, all all the male babies were to be killed. Well, by God's grace, the uh, midwives um, refused to participate in, and obey this evil edict from wicked Pharaoh. And so they they uh, reported that, in fact, they arrived too late and the, and the children had already been born. Uh, but there was this campaign to try and kill out the babies, and that's why Moses had to be hidden in a in a little basket and set on the river in the hopes that he would be found and looked after by someone, which by God's grace was Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, right there you can see this this attempt to kill innocent his life and how God commences Hebrew midwives who reported uh, 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 in deception to the king that uh, they were arriving too late so they couldn't carry out his instructions. Uh, also, of course, the New Testament begins in Matthew chapter 2 with King Herod Ordering for all the babies in Bethlehem to be slaughtered, which was in the hopes of snuffing out the Messiah, uh, to murder the Messiah. Uh, there's war in the womb. You could see the menace of the manger. And so uh, plainly today, God has uh, called us to stand up against these modern-day pharaohs and King Herod's who want to slaughter the babies. And uh, it is war in the womb. It, it is a, a, a war against children. And so it's so important that we stand for life and liberty.
0: Can you please tell us, Dr. Hammond, the connection between the abortion industry, the abortion genocide, and witchcraft, Wicca?
1: Well, yes. Psalm 106, verse 37 to 38, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters. The land was desecrated by their blood. And plainly, there is a strong connection between human sacrifice and witchcraft, and Satan seeks innocent blood, and the most innocent blood of all newborn babies. And there was a film documentary that documented this very well. Uh, Eric Homberg produced this on uh, the abortion matrix, uh, which we've got available in Africa Christian Action if anyone wants it shown at their church. But in the abortion matrix, he documents how uh, they they were able to find individuals who had been into Wicca and who testified that uh, they had belonged to satanic covens, and been wanting to sacrifice babies, and so they set up their own abortion clinics. And it's shown how, in this film, The The Abortion Matrix, there are places in America where the Facebook page for the local uh, Satanist group is exactly the same personnel as working in the local abortion clinic. The abortion clinic and the satanic coven are the same people, and the high priest happens to be the director of this uh, Planned Parenthood or whatever. And so... They even had some people there who had been converted who said one of my tasks was to get pregnant and to have a baby that could be born and immediately sacrificed every year um, for this, uh, this satanic covenant. and that there's this desire, this hunger for innocent blood. So this has been documented. We're not saying all abortion clinics are like that, but some are. And so there's no doubt in some people's Uh, minds, they look at this as like an evangelist outreach for hell, that there they are uh, being able to uh, get innocent blood and shed innocent blood, and this is a sacrifice to Satan in mind. So uh, we know that this is so, and there are people like that. Uh, Obviously, many people are just desperate, and they want to avoid embarrassment or inconvenience, or it's interfering with the studies, and uh, there can be all sorts of reasons. In fact, when people think of just women wanting abortion, that's not the whole story. In many cases, abortion is the unchoice, where uh, the woman does not want the abortion, but some male members forcing it. which could be her husband, it could be her boyfriend, it could be a fiance, it could be a father and uncle, uh, but often there are girls being driven. And we've seen this before when we've been outside abortion clinics seeking to to um, counsel them and and be encouraged. And they look longingly and and with helplessness to us uh, wanting to hang on our words. And and as we're speaking uh, to them, and then this male member, which could be anything from an uncle to the boyfriend, for we know, yanking the person by the arm and dragging them into the abortion clinic. You can see this isn't choice. This isn't empowering women. In many cases, they've been forced to have an abortion. And in other cases, they might be doing it regretfully, but if the, if the boyfriend would be willing to stand and marry them and take responsibility, they would not go through with abortion. They'd, they'd prefer to have the baby born. And uh, this is what also makes this film Life Marks so powerful is when you learn how the birth mother who was wanting uh, to have an, abo- uh, an abortion, how she was led to rather give a child up for adoption, which involved a fair bit of inconvenience and some sacrifice on her side. And uh, it's, it's good that there's a film that, that honors those who
0: chose life who chose adoption as the loving option. You mentioned adoption, Dr. Hammond. Can you please explain to our hearers how Christians are adopted into the family of God?
1: Well, the scripture has much to tell us about how we are adopted into God's family. It's not, uh, of course, we are all God's creatures in the sense that God has made us, but that doesn't make us regenerate. But once we are born again, we are no longer just a creature of God, but we can be a family member adopted into his family. And so through the shed blood of Christ, through the spirit of grace, through through actually redemption and regeneration, we can be adopted into God's family and be his sons and his daughters, not only as servants and soldiers, but actually his sons and daughters to be adopted into the family of God where, where God is our father. He's not only our creator and eternal judge, but now he's our redeemer and our our father. And so... All of us as true Christians can say we've been adopted into God's family. Well, uh, the early church grew this way so that in the Roman Empire, it was completely legal to abandon your child. Completely legal. In fact, it was illegal to... uh, try and adopt or save those children who've been thrown to the wolves. In fact, the very term thrown to the wolves is a term from the Roman Empire where there would literally, they would be placed outside, designated place outside the city, walls where you could throw your babies, literally throw them to the wolves, which is strange considering the fact that Rome was founded by Romulus and Remus, who were abandoned but were adopted by a she-wolf. And uh, so Romulus and Remus, who founded Rome... Were thrown away and yet, uh, and, and were raised by a wolf who showed more maternal instincts than the human mother, apparently. Uh, but to think that the Romans didn't seem to care about the fact that, well, if a baby wasn't wanted, they could be thrown away and uh, disposable. Well, the Christians adopted, they rescued many of these children against the law, but they rescued these babies. And uh, there are some accounts that said that the early church in Rome grew more through rescues and adoptions than even did through evangelism, and there was a lot of evangelism. So throughout Church history, you've seen Christians have adopted. And you're thinking Amy Carmichael in India, Mary Slessor in Nigeria. Uh, th- this has been a long standing Christian tradition of, of adopting. Uh, we know Missionaries is one of our missionaries uh, who served to the mission for many years. He's adopted five children. He and his wife have adopted five children uh, who, who needed homes. And uh, uh, do you know it's extraordinary uh, when they went to, to uh, adopt? Uh, they were told, oh, oh, there's such a long, long, long line of people wanting to adopt, and there's virtually no babies available. And uh, uh, they said, but we don't mind if we're adopting uh, babies of other races. And they said, oh, well, in that case, the situation is reversed. We only get about two white babies up for adoption in the whole province every year, um, and there's thousands of parents wanting to adopt. Uh, But we have thousands of black babies needing to adopt, and we've got virtually nobody willing to adopt them. And so they adopted five Black children into their family, then Afrikaans family, and I'm talking about up in Limpopo province. So uh, I know people are adopting, and then there's others who've been crying and praying for years to have children. And it's so cruel to think that the people throwing away the lives that others are praying for. You know, there's people who have a baby, and they want to throw them away, literally kill them. And there's others who are desperate to have a child, and they can't have a child naturally for whatever reason, and they want to adopt. And so adoption is very Christian. And after all, that's how we enter the God's kingdom, through adoption. And there are some people who have made a major ministry of their life to adopt. And uh, we just had here today this uh, Bible college leader who now has six children, uh, three of his own, born naturally, and the other three that they adopted. And uh, um, how lovely that there are many Christians taking this as a ministry to adopt. And the film Life Mark gives a wonderful testimony of this. this lovely Christian couple who weren't able to have children, and they adopted this son who had been um, given up for adoption by this mother who was going through a crisis pregnancy. And so it's it's a magnificent reminder of the value and the importance and the blessing of adoption.
0: Amen. It's interesting that both abortion and adoption begin with the letter A. Mm-hmm. Abortion leads to death. Ab- adoption leads to life.
1: Yes, and abortion is an abomination in God's eyes. He, he hates the hands that shed innocent uh, blood. But adoption is the loving option and we need to encourage people. And I, th- I think this film, Life Mark, is going to encourage many people to consider adoption. And of course, there might be many people who have been adopted and have maybe felt awkward and they need to think, what should I say to my adopter, my birth parents, if I come across them? And uh, uh, in this particular film, when uh, he was asked, what do you want to say to your birth mother? Thinking, you know, maybe, why did you abandon me? And what he said to his birth mother was, thank you. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for not um, going through with abortion. Thank you for choosing adoption for me. And uh, I think that's a wonderful message that how many people realize just how wonderful it is. It's so easy to go with the flow and do what the world uh, tells you to do and to to just throw away the life and choose a, a abortion. That's easy and it's cheap. And by the way, there's something radically wrong. My numbers are probably out because I know price have increased. But several years ago, an abortion cost about 800 rand. But adoption procedures were about 80,000 rand to go through the government's paperwork, which seems just iniquitous. How can it be so expensive to adopt and so cheap to abort or kill?
0: Dr. Hammond, can you please tell us have there been any advancements in the pro life movement recently? Any advancements against the pro death? Uh, well, of
1: course, culture? in the United States of America, there's been a phenomenal advancement. Uh, when President Donald Trump, uh, in his four years in office, put three pro-life justices, strongly pro-life justices, on the Supreme Court, uh, which was remarkable. It's a bit of a record to get so many pro-life justices or any justice in one uh, presidential term. And they turned the, the tables. And so earlier last year, there was able to be this... Uh, a reversal of Roe v. Wade, which was to say, this is not a Supreme Court decision, this goes back to the states, the local states decide whether or whether or not they're going to uh, allow or, uh, or ban abortion. And so this has reversed the hideous, iniquitous uh, Roe v. Wade, which if anyone's seen the film Roe v. Wade, which we also screened at a, a pro-life event at uh, Africa Christian Action some time ago, it, and there's an excellent drama that's showing that every aspect of Roe v. Wade were lies, lies, and more lies. A concerted campaign built on nothing but lies and deception. And it's a good thing that it's been reversed, even though there was a lot of media hysteria uh, against it. And yet uh, what it was was a victory of democracy. It was the courts putting the decision back in the hands of the local voters of each local state. So that's been great because now we've got states across America where abortion is illegal, where babies are protected.
0: President Trump was the first American president to address the March for Life in Washington, D.C. I was privileged to be there along with my seminary class. It was a moment I will never forget, a true, uh, true moment of history.
1: And what was so refreshing is that unlike previous politicians who just said some pro-life statements in a speech, President Trump actually did things which led to The momentous reversing of Roe v. Wade, which many people for years and years said, there's no way it could ever be. And interesting how uh, here's a man who's much maligned on many levels, and yet he was the most pro-life president America's ever had. And he did more for the pro-life movement than I think any other political leader's ever done in the history of the United States. So he has saved lives. And he didn't just save lives in America. He saved lives overseas too because he, he canceled the funding for foreign abortions, which America was funding abortions all over the world, including in Africa. So actually his pro-life legislation led to saving lives all over the world. And we can praise God for that. So whatever you think of President Trump, you can be grateful for this. He saved lives and he's reversed the course of the pro-abortion history.
0: Dr. Hammond, if our, if our hearers want to learn more about the pro-life movement, or want to be equipped to stand up for innocent human life, what resources do they have? Please contact
1: Africa Christian Action. Now, first of all, our website, www.christianaction.org. So www.christianaction.org. Uh, you can also email info at Info at You can go onto the Africa Christian Action Facebook page. Uh, so on the Christian Action website on the Africa Christian Action Facebook page, uh, you'll find a lot of great links and, and resources. Christian Liberty Books also has a range of excellent uh, films, uh, including Unplanned and Gosnell and Babies Are Murdered Here and The Abortion Matrix, The Silent Scream, The Hard Truth, good films well worth showing. There's a lot of great pro-life books, uh, Make a Difference, uh, A Christian Action Handbook for Southern Africa, some very good uh, pro-life materials, including an Unplanned Book. And uh, so from christianlibertybooks.co.za or admin at christianlibertybooks.co.za, you'd get some very good pro-life books and materials and precious feet lapel pins, uh, everything through to pro-life bumper stickers, DVDs, and so on. Uh, So uh, contact us. And if you want to attend the upcoming film, Life Mark, on the twenty. 6th of January, that's uh, Thursday the 26th of January in the evening, it'll be in Rondebosch, Uh contact mission at today or phone 21 689 um, And for good resources, contact Africa Christian Action either by phone 21 uh, or by email info at today. and uh, we'll put you in touch. We hope we can see you as part of the March for Life on the 1st of February as well, which will start at 12.30. And uh, those who can't make the march uh, from... CPUT, uh, can join us at one o'clock at the uh, gates of Parliament itself when we'll have the prayer vigil.
0: Thank you, Dr. Hammond. Will you please close this program with a word of prayer?
1: Let us pray. Lord God, we want to thank you for life. Thank you, Lord God, for our parents. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of life. Thank you for the people who have invested in our lives. Help us, Lord God, to be more grateful to you and to those who have invested in our lives and upbringing. And we pray, Lord God, that you'd help us to be a a light, to be an encouragement, especially those going through a crisis pregnancy. Lord, may you use the upcoming film, the Sancti Life Sunday, the March for Life, to lead people to choose life, to choose adoption as a loving option. We pray, Lord God, that you be merciful and gracious to all those going through crisis pregnancies. Thank you for those involved in sidewalk counselling and adoption ministries. We pray for your mighty blessings on all the different pro-life groups around this country. We pray, Lord, that you'd reverse the legislation that we could see lives saved For we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. This is Ryan Underwood with Peter Hammond in the studio for Africa Christian Action. God bless and good night.